Thank you. That your presence is, is here with us right now. And Lord, I pray as we, we open your word, Lord, may we hear it afresh and anew. May you speak to each one of us in our context, in our lives. Lord, we know your word is truth and, and your word is relevant today. So Lord, I pray as we, we focus some time and center ourselves around your scriptures. Lord, may it help us see you afresh and leave here different to how we came in. What a privilege it is to be able to worship you. So we give you all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Let's try that one more time. Good morning. If you are gathered online with us as well, a special welcome to you on this long weekend. Wherever you are, why don't you let us know in the comments where you are joining in from today. But we hope uh, you're having a great time online as well. And we are starting a, a brand new series uh, today called Own the Mission. Uh, and, you know, the, the real key behind this is, is, is we want to be His witnesses in our world. You know, we, we had Easter uh, last weekend. And, you know, one of the, the, the last things Jesus says to His disciples is that you, you are my witnesses to what has happened here. And the, the call to the disciples is to go and, and, and be uh, the witnesses of, of, of Christ and all that he has done. And, and our call is the same today. And so we're going to spend a few weeks uh, unpacking some different scriptures and, and ideas of how we can be people uh, that, that own the mission that, that God has given us uh, in this world. And as John has mentioned, it is a, uh, an alpha heavy day today. And I make absolutely no apologies for that. Uh, we, Alpha is something as a church that, that we, we value and, and, and hold dear because not because it's a program and, and not because it's cool and not because if you go to the party there's free food, that is good, but because we believe that it brings change to people's lives. And that's what we want to be about is bringing the good news of, of who Jesus is and seeing it change people's uh, lives. And today I wanted to work on this, this idea and, and this subject of you've got to see this. And I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but... Uh, when I see things that I think, you know, I, I don't mind a, a good little life hack. Anyone, anyone a fan of a, a life hack, finding something that's going to help you do life easier? Maybe it's, you know, facial recognition on, on your phone. Maybe it's your, your watch unlocking your computer. Uh, I discovered one a little while ago, which I'm going to show to us uh, in a second. But just to set the story up a little bit, you know, we uh, built our uh, house many years ago, put a dishwasher in. Uh, one of the things that we didn't do when we bought that dishwasher was measure the size of the plates that we owned and make sure that we uh, had a dishwasher that was fitting for those plates. And so uh, whenever we'd stack too many plates in the dishwasher, the, the fancy little spinny thing that kind of makes it all work, that's the technical term, spinny thing, it looks like a fan, uh, it would hit the plates and just get stuck. And so if our dishwasher was too full, nothing would get cleaned. And so this had been going on for, I don't know, 10 years or, or more at least, kind of putting up with it, didn't want to buy a new dishwasher, didn't want to go through all of that. So kind of, you know, you just learn to, to live. And then uh, this great thing kind of happened in 2020 called lockdown. Does anyone remember that? Kind of, you know, you had to stay home and, and work from home and, you know, only, only go out for a walk, you know, once a day. And so every, you know, I've never seen so many people go for an afternoon walk before, but uh, dogs have never been so tired and, and worn out. And I spent a lot of that time on TikTok, as you kind of do, just watching videos, you know, probably way too much time on TikTok. But on TikTok, I discovered this video. So I'm going to have a quick look at, at this. This changed my whole life. So this was my problem. See the spinny thing? It's getting caught. 
And so there's this great discovery that was made. Yeah, you can just lift it up a notch. So I watched that video and proceeded to, and it was quite late at night, proceeded to walk out into my kitchen and start pulling on my dishwasher. Funnily enough, my dishwasher does that. The spinny thing goes round. So it was only 10 years of dirty plates before we discovered that if we just pulled the thing up, it would change it. Did anyone know about that? Does anyone know about that trick? Anyone got a dishwasher and had to, had to utilize that? Gee, there's some smart people out there. If you're online, you can give us a hand up. Dishwasher emoji as well. But here's the thing about a life hack. You know, as soon as I saw this, I, I think it was a Saturday. The next day I came to church and, I, and I, John and I were doing some hosting. And I was like, John, have you seen this dishwasher hack? I'm like showing him. He didn't really care. He wasn't as excited as I was, but that's okay. But the thing about a good life hack is we often get pumped up about them because they make our life better, don't they? We have this experience that, that makes our life better, and naturally our experience is we want to share that with someone. You know, we've got a, a great IT guy who's on our staff called Daniel, and he is full of life hacks. Like he, you know, he'll go, why are you doing that on your computer? And he'll just, and then I want to run around and tell everybody, like, did you know you could do this? And everyone's answer is always yes. Why didn't you know that? You know, of course the dishwasher lifts up. A few weeks ago I shared a story about having... Um, bugs in my lawn and how it was like eating my lawn and, and we, we sprayed it and you'll be pleased to know out there today because you've been wondering and you're worried about it. The bugs have been defeated, which is good. Um, but I, I kid you not, I reckon I've had like 10 to 12 people come to me and be like, what's that stuff you used on your lawn? The same thing is happening to me. So I'm able to share with them what it is. Here's what I used and it worked really well to the point where this week I did a wedding and uh, I'm standing with the groom and he's like, hey man, you know how you were preaching the other day about um, bugs in your lawn? I'm like, yes. He's like, what stuff did you use? Because I, I think I have the same problem. And I'm like, you have a bigger problem. You're about to get married. And uh, <laughs> let's focus on that. And I'll send you it. But let's be honest, by the time you get back from this wedding, you're not going to have any lawn left if you have that problem anyway. So it's to the point now where I have the product saved and I just send it to people. Like people are like messing me like, what's that? There's this reality that when we have an experience of something, that makes our life better or, or helps us or makes us just excited, there's this human tendency to go, you've got to see this. I've got to share this. I've got to, as if, I, if anyone had that problem with their lawn, I'm going to be like, oh, no, I'm not going to tell you what that is. That's a secret. You know, like I don't want them to sell out at Bunnings in case it happens to me again. Like you're going to tell people about it. You're not going to be talking to someone and go, oh, I'm really sorry. My plates are dirty. My dishwasher, it just doesn't, you're, like, you're not going to laugh to yourself and you're like, <laughs> like if only they knew you could just pull it up. Oh, well, you're going to tell them. And there's a sense of excitement about it. And there is the same thing as when we're being witnesses, when we're owning the mission as, as the people of God who we're called to be, that there would be this sense of excitement about being his witnesses. And that the experience that we have would cause us to want to share that. And so we're going to have a look at a, a, a few verses in John, um, and it's around the, the early calling of the disciples. And John uh, 1, 35 to 42 are going to be our verses today, and they'll be up on the screen, but let's have a look at them now. It says this, it says, The next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following him and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went out and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, 
We have found the Messiah. This is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated to Peter. The first thing you see happen in this story is these two uh, who are going to be disciples are sitting with John the, the Baptist. And he's like, hey, look, there's the, the Lamb of God. And so they're already kind of spending time with John, but they just disown him. They're like, see you, John. Uh, you know, let's follow this guy. And so they just start kind of, you know, following after, walking after Jesus. And Jesus asks them this question. What do you want? Now, someone was following me through the streets. I would probably ask the same question, like, what do you want? Um, are you trying to rob me or help me? Or what is it that you want? But when you look at the, 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 dig into this, what Jesus was meaning here is it's not just like, what do you want right now? Like, what do you want? Why are you following me? What he's actually really trying to get to the bottom of is like, what do you, it's almost like, what do you want with your life? Like, you're following him, now you're following, what is it that you're searching for? What is it that you want? What is it that you're after? And ultimately, that's the first question that all of us need to answer at some point in our lives is, what do we want? When we come before Jesus, what is it that we're looking for? I don't know about you, but in the world I live in, people are always, whether they articulate it like this or not, they are always asking the question, what do I want? Where am I going to find meaning? Where am I going to find fulfillment? Is it going to be in my job? Is it going to be my family? Is it going to be the, the wealth that I can accumulate? The, the lifestyle that I can build for myself? And often in the world I live in, people will come to the conclusion that whatever it was that they were chasing wasn't quite it. And then they'll start looking for the next thing. And for those of us who follow Jesus, hopefully, when we think about this question, what do we want? It would be an experience of the reality of Jesus in our life that is causing us to grow and change and become more like him. So he asks them this question. He says, what do you want? And they say, tell us where you're staying. And so they go and they, they, he goes, come with me, come and you will see. There is this idea as being a follower of Jesus that there's got to be this aspect of come and see. It's not a head knowledge thing. It's not how much of the, the Bible can we just read and, and, and not knocking on that at all. It's not how many, it's important, not how many services can I attend or, or throughout a year in church whilst that's important. There has to be this come and see experience of who Jesus is. And for each one of us, that should be not just a one-off thing, but a regular thing where we are having an experience of God's presence in our life that is transforming who we are shaping who we are, and hopefully answering that question, what do you want? And that the things that we chase after in our lives become less about worldly material or, or, or what we think is right at the moment, and not that there's anything wrong with material or wealth or any of that kind of thing, but it shouldn't be the thing that defines who we are. And so there should be this curiosity to, to follow Jesus, to be gaining experience with him, spending time with him. It says that they, they went to kind of where he stayed and it was four in the afternoon. It said they spent the afternoon with him. It was like four in the afternoon. That's not a lot of afternoon. So I imagine maybe that kicked on into the, to the evening. I don't know. But they spent a small amount of time to come and see who Jesus was. And that experience alone, those few hours that they would have had, those moments, not in a temple, listening to him preach, not watching him necessarily perform miracles and do all this stuff, just going to hang out with Jesus was enough for them to what? Run out and go and tell. That what they had experienced in those few moments was enough for them to go and find their brother and go, you've, you, you've got to now come and see this. We have found the Messiah. We have found Jesus. We have had an experience. We have gone and we have seen and we have discovered and we have found Jesus. 
and they take the brother there so that he can what? Come, see, and have an experience. You know, we all receive an invitation at some point from Jesus. And we have that experience, and then it's our opportunity that we have, that's our calling, that when we own the mission, that we go, you've got to come and see this. You've got to come and see this for yourself. You know what he doesn't do? He doesn't go to his brother and start going, hey, let me convince you that he is the Messiah. Let's have a, let's have a, a biblical argument and discuss. Let's go through the prophecies and begin to tick the box off and go, I'm going to convince you. He goes, you've just got to come and see this. You've got to experience this for yourself. Their experience begins to shape the experience of someone else so that they can come and see and experience. You know, often I think when I think about being God's witness or, or owning, you know, the mission or, or telling people about Jesus, it's that I've got to convince them that Jesus is real. That it's my job to show them how much they need Jesus. It's my job to maybe win the argument, if you will, and go, I'm going to win you over. But that's not it at all. I've never had a, I don't know about you, maybe you have and it might have worked for you, but I've never been able to argue someone into the kingdom of God. Like, let's just get the biblical smarts going and I'll convince you. Been able to answer questions and maybe break down some walls, but never is like, hey, let's just get in a debate and we'll see who wins. It never works. But what has worked is being able to share my experiences with people that might change what they think about the church or what they might think about Jesus or they might see the reality of what's happening in my life and go, what's going on? I want, I'm curious about that. Because ultimately, everybody's asking this question, what do I want? And I know in my life, every time there's that void, the, the, the answer comes back to Jesus. And so our calling is, you've got to see this. You've got to see this. And one of the ways, and, and what we've been focusing on all through this today, that we've found, and this is why we're so passionate about Alpha, is that it is just a, a really good way to break down those walls and allow people to come and see. If you've done Alpha before, um, currently, if you've done it in the last few years, like it's always evolving and kind of updating and staying relevant, which is what we love about it. But it's not about the program itself. It's about what it brings and what it delivers and what it does. And I've had people ask me, why, why the party? Like, why is there so much emphasis on the party? Shouldn't it be the, the video content? And that's all really good and we have it there. The reason why we have the party is to help create an experience that's comfortable for people to come and see. Some people will come into a, a service like this and be comfortable, be fine, and that's how they will come and see. But for others, that's a big step to take. And we have this saying, and I hope this kind of stays with you because it's something that we hold dear as a church, that you don't have to believe to belong, but that you would belong before you believe. That we want people to be, feel like they belong before they believe. That they could come to a party full of people that good people. We saw in Barry's. How incredible is that story of Barry and Sonny? And they, they came and I, I actually remember meeting them the night at the Alpha party they came to. And just, just chatting with them like, this is really cool. Like, people here are, are nice and it's like, what were you expecting? Uh, but the, the, the reality is that people have kind of different opinions of what church is. So often when people come here, they're like, this is not what I thought it would be. Sometimes when my friends will come to, to church events or, or different things, they don't go to church. I had a friend come here to do some work uh, over in, in the cafe, and he's, he's like, this is not what I thought this was going to be. I was like, what did you think it was going to be? He's like, real weird. 
And I was like, is that because you think I'm weird? Or but he's just got this, he's like, can you take me into your church hall? And we come in here and he's like, oh, the roof didn't fall in. I was like, what, what, like, what did you think would happen? He's like, where are the pews? And I'm like, oh, like we're just got, like it's a different, and then there's anything wrong with pews. But I just go, that is his opinion of what church is. He has one rigid opinion of, of what the church is and what it would be and that the roof would fall in because he's not the kind of person that's allowed to go to a church. And then, but he comes here and he leaves and goes, well, that place was different. He's had an experience that's different to what his mind might have thought. And so we have this party that would be this idea that people can belong here, be a part of True North, be a part of having relationships here without first having to believe. And every Alpha we see that people who didn't belong before, if you will, didn't know that they belonged, didn't have an opportunity to belong. And if, and if this table is like, represents Jesus and, and a view of Jesus, they would have been all the way over here. Some of them like back, completely turned. No idea that it's even a, a relevant experience of Jesus. And for some people, this will be the first time they turn and they see it clearly. They still might feel really far away, but suddenly there's some belonging. It's not the believing part and being next to the table and closely walking with Jesus that actually makes you belong. It's the idea of being on the journey towards Jesus. And so some people start with their backs to the wall. Other people might have known it for a little while, and, but have kind of just turned away. Or some people, it, it just helps reinforce their experience and their knowledge. And they're taking steps forward and, and forward. And every alpha we see, there's always at least one person that would have come along and have no relationship in church necessarily. Maybe they, they know someone, but they've, they've not had an experience of Jesus and they leave having one. Some people will just come to the party on the first night, meet some people and go, this is not what I thought. It was a great experience, but I'm not ready to take the next bit. Some people will do two or three parties before they feel like they belong enough to then take the next step. But what are we doing there? We're breaking down those barriers. We're allowing people to belong. We're allowing them to be a part of it. You know, Jesus doesn't, when they ask, what do you want? He doesn't stop and tell them that they have to do this or they have to do that. Or they just, he just spends time with them. And then they bring the brother. And I love this. They bring the brother and they go, we found the Messiah. You've got to come and see this. And what does Jesus do? He changes his name. Imagine that. Well, your name was Ryan, but now you're going to be John. Great. Thanks, man. What does that mean? But the reality is he changes his name to Peter. Peter was the rock that the church was built on, that the very gates of hell cannot prevail against. That is what Jesus is saying to Peter. You're actually going to be the rock. You're actually going to be the man. You're going to be the disciple that goes out and builds the church. Was he that in that moment? No, he wasn't. He was a rough-ass fisherman who was unstable and angry quite the opposite of a, a rock that was going to go and, and minister to people and build the church. You know what? Jesus saw it in him. He has an experience. He leaves different. He comes back. He follows Jesus. Changes his entire life. That's what an experience with Jesus can do. One moment for him. Changes his life. Don't you reckon that's the way Peter lived his life? You've got to see this. These guys, as they're starting the church, as they're being the witnesses, as they're owning the mission, they're actually risking their lives, their very lives. To talk about most of them ended up dying for their faith. 
dying for sharing the word. Yet their experience was enough to go, I'm going to do it anyway. Because what people need is Jesus. And I think about my life and the fact that someone took a moment to invite me to church as a 16-year-old kid. And I think about the trajectory of where my life was going at 16. I, I shared this in our earlier service that for those that knew me wouldn't, would have known where that trajectory was and agree that it was a good thing that I came to church. One of our previous pastors in here actually laughed at me. Um, he's like, you thought about my life. I was like, whoa, yeah, you're right. That was, you were full on. Uh, but the reality is I look at the direction my life was going. Not really knowing what I wanted as a young person. Someone took the opportunity, the risk to go, hey, come check out this. Come and see. And it changed my entire life. I assume somewhere along the line, each one of you, if you're here and you, you call yourself a, a follower of Christ and, and, and you're, you're a Christian and you want to you own the mystery, at some point you had an experience like that where your life changed, where you felt like you were able to belong, where you found what you were wanting. I think sometimes along the line, we just lose a little bit of that passion. I know for me, I do. Just kind of becomes part of who I am. Not necessarily something that I openly want to share. Sometimes the experience can feel like a bright light and other times it just feels pretty dull and something that I put in my pocket. But the reality is because of the experience that we have had, there is this calling to go and tell and invite other people and let them have the same experience that we had. And so the reason why Alpha, why parties, why doing these things is purely to give people the ability to invite someone along so that they can experience what we experience, that they can find belonging, that they can find belief, and that they can have their life changed by an experience of who Jesus is. And so this term, where this, this term, and Fiona mentioned this, it's a new start of a new term, so it's the start of a, a new alpha. And we're going to be doing three. Three parties, one night. We're getting real good at doing parties. And so if you're like Alchemos and North, there's going to be one at North Shore Christian Grammar for anyone who's kind of Alchemos to, to Yanship, and you've got people there that you want to bring and invite, you're going to be able to bring them there. For those who live around here and, and this area, there's the, there's the opportunity for an Alpha party here, and we've got one at our Malalu campus as well. For those that, it doesn't matter where you take someone, you might even just take them to the spot that's most convenient for them. But we're going to have these parties. And I want to encourage you to, to think about, and we're going to take a moment to do this soon, to think about who you could invite, who you could go and tell, who you can help have this experience. But even if you invite someone and they, they bail and they don't come, come anyway. Come be a part of the party. Because it's about connection and good people and belonging. And so if it's just a, a handful of people that bring their friends, they're going to be there hanging out with me, and that's not good for them. <laughs> We don't want to just set it up so that pastors can just spend time. Like, we want to create community. We want to create belonging. And so the good food, the good music, it's about having a good time and helping people come and see and have that experience. And ultimately, it should be our experience that drives that. So what I'd love to do uh, this morning and before, before we kind of close, I want to leave us with this, this slide that would be our response to this that our response to the word, our response to these scriptures would be that we would be people that pray, firstly, that we would pray for those that don't know Jesus, that we would pray for opportunities to have conversations with people that don't know Jesus, that we would pray that they would take an opportunity at some point to come and see, to ask that question, to find belonging, to find belief, to have their lives transformed by Jesus. 
Because it all starts with prayer. Because here's the reality of everything we do. That if the Spirit of God is not at work, it is completely pointless. That we can invite people to come, but if the Spirit of God is not there and not present, nothing will change. It's not our job to bring the change. It's our job to bring people to a place where they can experience that presence of God. That we would be people that invite and that we'd be people that tell. And why those two are a little bit different to me, one is an invitation, come and see. The other is not tell, like tell people off and be like, hey, don't you know? But it's to tell of the experiences that we are having. To tell of the experience of the presence of God being at work in my life and your life that's bringing a difference. For some people, it's, and it's been me at different points in my life, is actually just taking the, the church compartment out of my pocket, my faith compartment where I've put it there because it's just for me. This is what I do. And maybe it's because of fear and, and, and not wanting to share it. Maybe someone thinking I'm weird. I've come to the conclusion that they do that anyway. But to take the, the faith component out and, and be willing to share it with someone. What did you do on the weekend? Oh, I just went to church. What are you doing? Oh, I went to this alpha party. Oh, oh, just sharing that your faith is an active part of your life and allowing other pe people's curiosity to ask those questions. Not about having all the answers. It's just telling and sharing of experiences. Man, you've got to see this. Because it can change someone's life. And so we want to be people that pray. We want to be people that invite. And we want to be people that tell. But I wanted to do something just a little bit practical this morning before we, we end our time together. And this is normally a, a big no-no in church. But I want you to take your phone out. If you've got a phone, if you're, you're online at home now, I want you to take your phone out. Maybe you're watching on your phone, so that might be a bit difficult. So you can grab some paper. Don't tune out though. And here's what I want to do. I want you to open the notes function, whatever kind of phone you have. I know in, in Apple, that's all I know, it's notes, but I don't know what Samsung call it. But whatever note-taking app you have. And I want you to just have a think about the people that you're going to interact with tomorrow. Maybe it's family, maybe it's people at work. People that you know have got to see this that need to have an experience, that need to find some sense of belonging in the kingdom of God. That you could be praying for an opportunity to have a conversation with them about faith. Maybe it's a, a conversation to go, I'm going to invite you to come to Alpha on Wednesday. You're going to take a chance. Might be one name. Maybe you can't think of any names. I've been in this space before. I'm like, I think I only hang out with Christian people. And I remember someone challenging me to do something similar to this and then started thinking, who, who are the people that serve me my coffee every day? How many parents do I have conversations with while I walk my kids to school? How many people do I have conversations with at weekend sport while I'm standing around watching people play sport and I'm getting to know them? What about that person that I always pay for my petrol and it's always the same person at the counter. Every time I go in, they know my name. Where I get my coffee from at Malalu, they're, they're, hi Ryan, how you going? They, they know my name. They don't know probably anything else about me. What, what, what am I praying for opportunities to be able to, maybe, maybe it's that person. So if you don't feel like you have anyone, maybe ask God to reveal some people to you. That you might see them as he sees them. And that you would be looking for an opportunity. Not to convince them, not to have all the answers just to have a conversation.
give an invitation. Because I know what it's done in my life. And I know what it can do in theirs. In a world where people are saying, what do I want? What they need is Christ. And the rest flows from there. And so this week, we've got these Alpha Parties. And the challenge that I want to lay out is that for each one of us, we would think strategically about who God would have us invite and just simply put the invite out. Come along, have a great time and see what happens. But that this would become a daily thing whenever you see your notes, whenever they're open, that it would be at the top, that it would be there. That you'd be thinking about these people, praying for them, praying for their lives, praying that something would be different. That it would change our focus from it just being about us or just being about Sundays or just being about our experience and taking that and helping other people have that experience. And that we would see the kingdom of God built and grown and lives changed because of what He is up to in our lives. I love that the pressure's not on us. The pressure's actually on Jesus. We just gotta be faithful and take the steps to ask the questions, to have the conversations. And so my prayer would be that this week that that would be helpful for you as you you leave here, that that would be a reminder for you that there are people in your world that need Jesus and they're not going to hear about him unless we do something and initiate the conversation. Could we stand together when you're ready? One last thing that before I pray that I'm just conscious of today is that You know, what really drove these guys and what we've really been talking about is that they had this very real experience of Jesus that caused them to rush out, change their lives, give up. They gave up jobs. They gave up all kinds of things to follow Jesus and build his kingdom. And today I'm not asking you to give up your job, so that's what's going through your mind. Please don't think that. I'm not going to ask you to give anything or quit anything. But what I realized reading this is that it's a powerful experience that they've had that's led them that way. And I just wonder sometimes in my life that that experience of who Jesus is can grow a little dim. It can feel, sometimes I can let it feel just a little bit familiar. Like I've been there before, I've heard this before, or I've tried this before. and it, Or it can become more of just a routine. I just, I just, I just go to church or I jump online or I, I just read my, it's just kind of part of what I do but it should be the thing that is at the very core of who we are. It should be a fresh revelation, fresh experience, a bright light on the inside of who we are. And I just wonder this morning if for you standing there, and it may not be for you and that's okay, that maybe it does feel a little bit dim. Maybe your experience just feels a little bit familiar. Maybe it just feels a little bit, you feel a little bit distant. You know, we're just singing those words before, I don't know if I'm throwing a spanner in the works or not, but is it filled with wonder, awestruck wonder? Is that the word? Look at that. I'm learning the lyrics. It's good. Maybe I can join the team soon. It'll be in a decade. But as we were singing those words, I was just staring at them going, how often in my life do I feel awestruck wonder at the name of Jesus? Awestruck wonder that I would run out, want to run out these doors and be like, you've got to see this. Look at what this could do in your life. Come to Jesus. Because there's an experience that I'm having that is bringing wonder into my life. And I would love to sing those words if that's all right. And my prayer would be that hopefully it ignites a little bit of fire on the inside of who you are. 
to continue to experience the more that Jesus has for you in your life. That you wouldn't feel stuck, that it wouldn't just be what you do, that it wouldn't just be compartmentalized, but it would be a real experience in your life. And if that light or that fire feels a little bit dim, that as we sing these words, that it would be a rekindled fire, that the fire for some people might be lit again to experience all that Christ has for you so that you could go out and be His witnesses out in this world. So we're going we're gonna to pray, we're going to sing these words. And my prayer would be that as we sing them, something will ignite on the inside of who you are in your relationship with Jesus, that He would continue to renew you and restore you and grow you into the person that He sees you to be. And that as you do that and you're out in your world, that would happen for other people as well. Does that sound okay? I'd love to pray for us all. If, if that is you a little bit this morning and you feel that in your life, maybe you might want to just open your hands up. Maybe you, you want to be a person that can have a conversation this week. I'm going to pray for that as well. You can open up your hands just to receive from the Spirit of God what He has for you. But let's pray together. Lord, I pray that we would be the kind of followers of You that live out of real experiences. That when we think about that question, what do we want? That there would be a burning fire on the inside of us that longs after you. And so Lord, for those of us who feel like that flame, that light has become a little bit dull, Lord, may you brighten on the inside of us this morning. May there be a move of your spirit in our lives that brings fresh fire, fresh passion, a new sense of renewal for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, for those of us that are gonna have conversations this week with people, Lord, may you open the door to an invitation to come and see all of the fullness of life that you have for them. Lord, I pray for our parties this week that they would be full of people who walking in didn't have any sense of belief or belonging, but Lord would walk out knowing they belong somewhere, knowing that there's more to life than what they currently experience. And it would begin a journey of coming to know you. So Lord, for each of us here, you know who we are, you know our life, you know what we need. I pray that you would just fill us afresh in this moment. As we sing these words, may there be a new sense of wonder about who you are and a passion for your presence in our lives. Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you that you care about us and you care about our lives. So Lord, may we care about you and be more passionate about you than ever before. We worship you, we praise you and we honour you. Let's sing these words together.